0: friend. I hope you're doing well. I love that you are taking time out of your day or throughout your day, whatever you're doing to listen to this episode. This isn't very important. This episode is for anyone married to someone who has a mental health diagnosis. Super important and yet The church doesn't really talk about it. We are pumped to bring you our friend Michelle Nieder this morning. She is a professional counselor. She has more than twenty years of experience. She's a clinical director of a large counseling center down in Texas, and she's amazing. She has a book more coming out. um, But she has one book called Loved and Cherished. It's for tween girls and she co-authors that with the Proverbs 31 ministry writer and speaker Lynn Cowell. You can find all of Michelle's resources. You can sign up for her email newsletter. You can do all the things and find her at michelleneidert.com and we will also link to her in the show notes. But hey, this is the episode she's going to talk all about us, how we can thrive in a marriage where someone has a mental health diagnosis. If this is your first time listening to the Wife Like Me podcast, welcome. My name is Amanda Davison, and I'm the founder here at A Wife Like Me. And did you know that we have so many tools and resources over for you at awifelikeme.com? We do. So head on over there and enjoy everything that is there. We also have a weekly newsletter that you can get that has all of our freebies associated with that when you sign up, and then you get our weekly email of love and encouragement. So again, that's over at a wife like me.com. But let's dive in. Let's listen to Michelle. And I'll share some thoughts at the end.
1: Today, we're going to look at a subject which brings many people to the marriage counseling office, but also to the counseling office as an individual who is struggling with their marriage. I find this to especially be true for wives as many men struggle with going to a doctor for a physical issue, much less if they're having a mental health issue. So today we're going to talk about how to really thrive in a marriage where someone has a mental health diagnosis. And we're going to talk a little bit about if it's you, but we're really going to focus on what if your spouse has a mental health diagnosis or maybe even you know that they meet the criteria for a mental health diagnosis because you live with them. And I don't want to get into a situation where we're all diagnosing our spouses all the time, but there are some mental health diagnoses that really affect marriage in a strong component or way, as I find as I've worked with couples in the counseling office for over 20 years. And so first of all, I want to talk about equipping yourself with knowledge regarding what is a mental health diagnosis And how does that impact marriage? And then how do you de-escalate certain situations because you know that mental health diagnosis exists? And there are many other mental health diagnoses that can be involved, but I'm going to focus on a few that we see most commonly in our offices at Community Counseling Associates. And the first one I'm going to talk about is ADHD, because when we are smart but scattered, it really does begin to affect our spouse as well. And I know this as someone who has ADHD tendencies in a marriage. I live in piles and I can live with more chaos than my spouse who likes to have a lot more order or control. Also, people with ADHD tendencies tend to have a hard time focusing and listening for any length of period of time and are more prone to interrupt. In fact, for people who struggle with this in our offices, we often have someone hold an inanimate object like a Kleenex box or even a remote control so that we clearly know who is talking and who is listening. And it also makes someone aware of how long they're holding the floor and not monopolizing the conversation. So, if that's something that you and your spouse have a lot of trouble with, that's a simple tool that you can take away from this podcast today to try at home to try to de escalate the conversation. And what it de escalates a big word and it just means to go slower and have less intentional, less emotional intensity as a component of it. So, I want you to think about that with ADHD, but then some other very common diagnoses that we see as well in the marriage counseling office would be depression, where someone's really struggling with productivity. They're struggling to get out of bed, they're struggling, they may even be a functional person depressive is what I like to say. And oops, I almost use that term. I really, we don't talk about people's identity as their diagnoses. So I want to correct myself right there. And I'm going to go ahead and not edit this part out because I want you to hear me correct myself. You see, I believe not only is your diagnosis, is not your destiny? It's a snapshot of a period at, of time in your life, but also we are not our diagnoses. We have identities, especially as believers in Christ, of all the things that scripture talks about that we're created, we're chosen, and we're accepted. And our diagnosis is just a snapshot, like I said, of our symptoms in the current time that we're living. In fact, some people with some of these are able to resolve some of these symptoms. They get worse due to the amount of externals. Stress we have, or if we're going through a season of grief, we can have depression come on, for example. But if you're living with someone who's really struggling, maybe they're working outside the home, or maybe if you're inside the home, you're mothering. But other than that, any other type of productivity is a struggle. That's a time that, first of all, I want to encourage you to extend a tremendous amount of grace to your spouse, especially if it's transitional, because we all go through times in our lives where we aren't as productive as others. In fact, that's one of the things we learn about in The Power of Full Engagement, which is a book I really love that kind of talks about there's times when we're going to be fully engaged and there's times where we're going to have to rest to re-engage well. Sometimes I think about it like the Energizer Bunny, but in that process, it's really important that just as it talks about Ecclesiastes, that there's a time to weep and a time to rejoice there's a time to be really productive and there's a time to rest. What becomes difficult is when that period of rest lasts too long and we're getting stuck and we're feeling hopeless. And that's where I do think, and we're going to talk about boundaries within the marriage, but it's really important that we do set some boundaries in encouraging our spouse to get help if they're going through long seasons of unproductivity. And that usually involves other people, just like we talk about healthy conflict Or um, when we want to confront somebody, we are going to talk to them first. And then if they don't hear us, we're going to bring other people alongside us who love them as well. That's a very good strategy to use with a lot of these types of issues. Uh, Another common issue in the mental health office, of course, in a marriage is addiction. And there are some where it's very clear you're going to need to get help. And you're going to need to get help even if your spouse won't. And that's if your spouse has really a chemical addiction where they're addicted to alcohol or some other type of drug. We're seeing it more and more common as our country is legalizing marijuana to see even faith-based families consuming that particular substance or taking prescription pills and using them inappropriately, using them as kind of uppers and downers to control mood. And then also if the addiction is involved with spending, that is going to wreak havoc on a marriage and a budget and a financial future pretty quickly And then an addiction to pornography, of course, will affect your marital bed very quickly. And so these are things that you really can't handle on your own. You're going to need some help, whether it be in a church recovery program like Celebrate Recovery or one of those, or in the professional counseling office. And I find so often when I... male spouse is struggling. When a husband's struggling with something like this, it does help the wife to get support in the counseling office. If he won't come, come yourself and we can help you learn how to set healthy boundaries, which is another process of this. And then there are more severe mental illnesses where you need to immediately get help. If your spouse is bipolar, just is, is, is diagnosed with bipolar disorder, then definitely if they quit taking medication, that is something that needs to be confronted pretty quickly and managed. Because as I've talked to so many spouses, and some of them are getting to where in a marital situation, they can realize that they're committed to managing medication. And if they're starting to show symptoms of a severe disorder, that they're going to get help quicker because they know the impact it will have on their marriage. They can risk their marriage. For example, manic episodes where you're staying up all night and you can't sleep, and they're happening more than one night in a row, and there's not any sleep around that during the day. And then the behavior becomes controlling or very, very intense. Obviously, we need to get that under control right away because along with the manic episode is going to come a depressive episode. And those can be very, very serious, even life-threatening for our spouses. And so being aware of that and, and reading resources on this is so important. There are books that talk about being married to someone with bipolar disorder, and it really helps you understand both the diagnosis and also how you yourself can manage your responses during times when they're struggling. Finally, if somebody's dealing with schizophrenia or paranoia, they're seeing things that aren't there, they're believing things, that is a time definitely to get some additional support because those are very, very serious. Those fall outside the category of mental health diagnoses and into the category of recurring mental illness. And bipolar disorder can fall in that category as well. So it's really important that you have a sense of this. I always say one of the best things I've ever done for a spouse a lot of times is recommend that they read a book like Being Married to ADHD. And again, I don't like the idea that that's your identity, but that idea that that ADHD does invade your house when you're married to someone who has it and learning how to cope with their chaos is very, very helpful. So equip yourself with the knowledge regarding your spouse's diagnosis and how to deescalate intense situations. There's a book I really love called Stop Walking on Eggshells, and it's about a much more serious diagnosis. I think it's either borderline or narcissistic personality disorder. But Stop Walking on Eggshells does a great job of helping you really look at that. And then you do want to set healthy boundaries, especially regarding anger and a lack of contribution to the home. I think those are two things that are just very important that occur in a marriage and in a family. So we want to encourage our partner to be, to allow our partner to be angry, but in their anger, do not sin. And if they're getting physical or they're name-calling or they're yelling and just creating this situation in the house where everybody is kind of walking on eggshells, then it's something that needs to be confronted and addressed because that type of -of out-of-control rage, which actually has a diagnosis called intermittent explosive disorder, is incredibly destructive to families. And we talk about a lot in our offices that wives have a responsibility, especially to protect their children from that type of rage and that kind of experience in the home. But to be honest, I also tell them they, God wants them to protect their own souls from that type of experience as well. And someone who is a Christian counselor and has a great website that I refer to a lot on that is Leslie Vernick and her, Email, her website is leslievernick.com, and she has some books on being married to an emotionally abusive marriage or an emotionally toxic marriage and just kind of looking at the dynamics of that and then how to deal with that and when to get additional help for that. But now I want to talk about you, because when you're in a marriage and you're dealing with either yourself who's struggling a little bit with a mental health issue or your spouse, it is so important that you are intentional about every single day. Your life. And I always talk about how important the morning mindset is. Anytime you hear me talk, if I'm talking about parenting, I'm talking about um, healthy Christian self care, or I'm talking about marriages. But it is so important that you begin realizing that God is there for you, He's present for you, and He cares about you and the struggles your spouse is going through. So before your feet even hit the floor, I really want to encourage you to start your day on a positive note, maybe reminding yourself of the positive aspects of your marriage and your spouse, because all of us have strengths and weaknesses that come with our marriage and approaching that with a sense of gratitude and then a sense of controlling your own mindset. And with that, we'll follow your emotions. So I think that's a really important concept in general for healthy living, but just a lifeline when you're struggling with your spouse at a time when they may be struggling with severe grief or anxiety because of like we've gone through with the pandemic. It really triggered a lot of people's anxiety or something like that. That's just a lot of work stress can bring out the weaknesses in us to the point that they really begin to show mental health issues. Next, I want to encourage you to gather supportive friends who are going to listen to your struggles, but encourage you to do do the right thing, even when it's hard. And I want to say that again, to find friends who really listen to you and will take the time to hear what you have to say. I, I kind of jokingly say in seminars, but I really believe this is true. Part of what we're paid for as mental health professionals is to listen well, because we live in a culture where we're moving so fast and our time is so fragmented and scattered. We struggle to listen well to one another, and that is such an important part of feminine friendship, I think. In fact, I do an exercise when I'm when I'm in a speaking dynamic where I have one person be A and one person be B, and I give them a prompt, and A talks for one minute straight, and B closes their mouth and just listens. There is something about being able to spill our emotional guts and to have a friend say, I hear you. And that sounds hard, but then to also be so for your marriage that they can say things like, but you can do hard things. I know you can, or to also lovingly say to you sometimes, I think you need more help than I can even give because this situation is getting more and more out of control and it's impacting your, especially when it begins to impact your physical health. And we are seeing more and more research. In fact, our staff are train are attending a training this week on when marital conflict creates physical diagnoses. And that's a real thing that can begin to exist. When we live in an environment that is toxic too long and we're walking on eggshells or we're overdoing while somebody is underdoing, we can literally begin to have physical symptoms from that. But you want to find friends, again, who are going to support you, but also the marriage, who are not going to be disrespectful of your spouse and their struggle, but encourage you to also begin to set healthy boundaries. And finally, I want to talk about how you take care of yourself. Because if you've got a mental health issue, it's super important you do that. Sleep is critical to being able to take care of our mental health. And I I really work with so many moms, especially with the littles who really struggle with sleep. And it may mean catching up a little bit on the weekends. It may be helping your family develop healthy sleep routines. And then it may be doing what sometimes I have to do as I'm getting older and menopause is hitting me. There are nights I've really struggled with sleep or I've had a health condition. For for right now, as I'm recording this particular episode, I've had an episode of acute gastritis hit me where I'm really having just like a lot of IBS symptoms. And a couple of nights this week, they have woken me up but I have worked hard to grab on to a small power nap and some extra sleep as well. And then to make sure we are not only taking care of our bodies as far as sleep, but movement. Movement is so important to our mental health because walking and a lot of exercise, swimming and things involve bilateral stimulation, which is something we use in a process for trauma treatment in our offices called EMDR. So it's really important that we're kind of stimulating both sides of the brain. And while we're doing that, I like to say really positive things and hopeful things to myself and remind myself of the promises in scripture, like the fact that God does have a great plan and a future and a hope for me, like it talks about in Jeremiah 29, 11. So make sure you are taking care of your energy. Make sure you are working on that battle of the mind. I'm working right now on finishing the final edits on a book with a Proverbs 31 Uh, writer Denise Pass on Make Up Your Mind, Change Your Thoughts, Transform Your Life. Because we strongly believe that when you change your mindset, it will transform your life. But that is a muscle you're going to really have to exercise and retrain if that's been broken. If the only thoughts you have about your marriage are hopelessness and that nothing's ever going to change and nothing's ever going to get better, if you're thinking that, it's probably going to feel hopeless and it's probably not going to have any change in it because you're not going to be creating it. And as counselors, we learn in systems theory that when a system isn't working well, anyone in the system can create change and a family is a system. So that's why we encourage wives to come into our offices and work with us on creating change in their marriage, even if their spouse won't come to marriage counseling, because when they do things different, when they love and they respond patiently, when they also set boundaries and say, it is not okay, you need to walk out, you cannot be this angry in the house in front of me and the kids, then they begin to create a change in the marriage. A lot of times, as we learn about in John Townsend and Henry Cloud's work on boundaries in marriage, sometimes it sits a situation where the spouse will want to leave. And if that happens, that's where your church family comes in and can support you. Because if you're doing the right thing, the godly thing, and your spouse will not respond well, the church needs to help come around you guys. But also they need to support you in the boundaries you're setting. Because submission doesn't mean getting hurt ever. And that's a whole nother podcast, probably uh, topic, but it's really important to remember that, that the idea of submission is not to put the thumb. I I have a lot of Greek background. I was a seminary student and a ministerial student at Baylor University. And that word in the Greek doesn't mean to put your thumb on and push down. To submit actually means to come up underneath and lift up. And so when we submit to each other well, we are wanting God's best for each other and we are coming up underneath each other and we are lifting each other up. That is especially the idea about being mutually submitted to one another that Ephesians 5 talks about. So take care of your energy, take care of your mindset, and take care of your body. And sometimes that does mean creating some temporary separation. Maybe it's a night in a hotel where you can catch up on sleep. Not out of anger, not out of a threat to leave, but just out of a place to recreate a better mindset. Sometimes that means taking time out and going to a women's retreat physically in person. I know we have all these online things coming around, but that doesn't create community opportunities for you where you really get involved in an opportunity to learn and to process, maybe to journal in the midst of the retreat and to interact with other women and hear their struggles and also a be vulnerable and openly share about your own. So I hope this helps you a little bit of thinking about how you're going to stay mentally healthy, even if one of you is struggling with a mental health diagnosis. And as we do talk about the body, I do want to tell you there's time and a place for both additional supplements, which I work with Dr. Daniel Amen, and also I'm trained in integrative nutrition for mental health. There are times where we need to up some supplements when our bodies and our marriage are under more stress. And then there's also a time when our brain is not working in a healthy way. And we do need to consult a medical professional as well. So if right now you're living in a marriage where someone has a mic, mental health diagnoses, I hope you'll remember, first of all, that it might not be your destiny. This may be a temporary transitional time, but also that you will get the extra tools and support that you need in order to live well during this season so that it does not, for example, we will see sometimes it doesn't impact your mental health because sometimes what we'll see is when one person is struggling, it will impact the other person so much that they begin to struggle too. And it is so important that you can't make your spouse go to a doctor and you can't make your spouse go to counseling, but you can get the support you need and you can model that for your family. And even when your family is grown, that doesn't change. I work with a lot of women when the kids are grown and they are living in a marriage where it's just the two of them, the things that were being avoided and ignored come to light. I've even seen in the midst of that, that one of the spouses start using more substances because the kids were almost too much part of their life and gave them too much of a purpose. And they kind of don't know how to manage the grief they're feeling of those kids living in the home. Also, sometimes we create new influences in our lives during that empty nest season. And sometimes they're super positive. We get more involved in church life and community and life groups and things like that. But sometimes we can spend more time at girl's night out drinking too much wine because we want to be careful of that over drinking. When we as women are drinking more than one serving of alcohol in a setting, we're beginning to affect our brain and a body in the way that the medical community says isn't healthy for us. But a lot of times we're using it to manage anxiety Escape feelings of depression because it's, for some of us, it's going to give us a calm, and some of us, it's going to give a little euphoria. It's going to give a sense of well being. So, I hope this is helpful to you today to really think about five ways you can stay mentally healthy when your spouse is tr- struggling, how you can thrive in the midst of maybe someone having a mental health diagnosis in your family. It is so important that you t- keep doing healthy things for yourself and that you take care of your mind your spirit, that you feed your spirit, God's word, that you connect with him and your body so that you can truly weather a difficult season well. I'm Michelle Niedert. I'm a licensed professional counselor, and you can connect with me at yourmentalhealthcoach.com. I also have a podcast, and that is called Raising Mentally Healthy Kids, and you can find that at raisingmentallyhealthykids.com. If you are looking for help, Community Counseling Associates does offer telehealth in the Texas area to wives and their families. And then we are beginning to offer coaching for families that are not in distress across the nation. And you can find out more information about the counseling services at communitycounselingassociates.com, and the coaching services are coming on a new site called Hope Helps. Thanks again for tuning in and and just spending some time with us on the Wife Like Me podcast. We're so grateful for you. We are grateful that you are in community with us in the Facebook group and with the leadership as we share on blogs and podcasts and so many different ways. We want to be an encouragement to you to be a wife that truly connects with God and turns to him when life is hard.
0: You know, couples have asked me Multiple times, are we going to be okay? Because now that we know that we're struggling with XYZ, are we going to be okay? And my answer is always, well, of course. Christ holds all things together. That's what his his word tells us that in him, he holds all things together. So I love that, Michelle, you shared such hope with us um, that there's so much that we can learn from these things. I love the picture of partnering together to navigate all of these things even if if it's not a mental health diagnosis it could be financial issues it could be a porn addiction it could be you name it we can navigate things together and that changes the way we approach these hard topics it it creates a a team spirit in marriage versus I don't like this. I'm uncomfortable with it. And I wish you didn't have it. I wish you weren't experiencing it. I wish it weren't a part of our marriage. So I just want to encourage you. And I love Michelle that you encouraged all of us through this episode. Thank you so much. Listen, ladies, if you know someone who is married, To someone who has a mental health diagnosis, or she has one herself, he does, send this over to them to encourage them today, okay? Also, again, head over to michelleniedert.com to find all of her resources, everything she has over there, get in touch with her there, follow her on social media, uh, and join us in the Wife Like Me Collective if you want to dive deeper into your faith and marriage just go to collective.awifelikeme.com. Love you, friend, and we will see you next week.